Yeah, definitely. definitely. We got to get Hassan on the show one of these days just so oh I can hear him God. talk slang. Oh I'm going to just bring up topics that's going to make him talk slang. <laughs> get your snot oh box. <laughs> Yo, I just want to tell y'all, this is Hassan Campbell, not me. Yo. Yo. All right. We uh we bugging, but look, hey man, let's get into this so we can uh get up out of here. Um, I know people when I when they hear me say that, I'm like, damn, y'all just got on. All you worried about is getting out of here, but yo, you know, every, yo, every time we say this, this show be too close to dinner time, time, man. Yo. Probably be hungry. Yo, dog, we be trying to do half hour shows. They still end up two and a half hours somehow. <laughs> yeah, because of because uh, of Rob and um and Tobias. Shout out to them now. <laughs> we love the loyalty. But look, let's get into these hot topics. Brought to you by my bookie. War Room Family, it's time for you to make some money sports betting at my bookie, like we tell you every single week. If you haven't checked out my bookie, then it's time to place your bets. The NFL Conference Championship games are here, so why not make a couple of dollars wagering on Josh, Pat, Aaron, and Tom's teams this weekend? Lay down some bread on the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players. Placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid fast. No runaround. No hassle. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after Kermit Mahomes wakes up from his drunken stupor. Join now. <laughs> MyBookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word. I hope you can spell WARROOM to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play Win and get paid. That's all there is to it. All right, so let's let's start off, you know, with with our NBA players of the week. Let's go to the association real quick and talk about who lit it up last week and was awarded in the uh, Western and the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, your NBA Player of the Week is one Mr. Damian Lillard, and in the Eastern Conference, one Mr. Kevin. Durant, I guess he started off last week playing pretty much by himself since Kyrie was still on sabbatical and James Harden hadn't forced his way out of Houston yet. But um, during the week, Damian Lillard averaged 30.3 points, 7.3 assists, 5.3 rebounds, and the Blazers went 3-1 and one during that week. In the same week, Kevin Durant went crazy, averaged 34 points a game, 8 assists, Shot 61.3% from the field And the Brooklyn Nets Like I said With you know A little bit of Just KD And then I guess James Harden came And helped save the day For him later in the week uh, They went 3-1 and oh, man, Heavy um, Heavy hard So look Just just look You know Kind of I guess you got to Visit this a little bit When we talk about These players of the week Because Early in the season When it's really Too early to shake out Everything um, guys like this, do you put them immediately in the, you know, the MVP race? Because you know we start the MVP race like four games into the season. Um, but with KD coming back from the injury, especially, um, how do y'all think he's looked? And like, do you think he's completely back to form and is an MVP candidate so far? Man, listen, couple, uh, couple here. Oh, go ahead, brother. No, go ahead, be awesome. Go ahead, you got it, brother. Yes, I think with him, first of all, I don't like to be the prisoner of the moment, but let me go ahead and be the prisoner of the moment. <laughs> um, because he's a transcendent type of talent, I don't mind having the MVP conversation about him early. 
I, I, I don't mind, man. We we never see you six eleven with guard skills. We 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 can talk about that MVP for for for, for KD. I mean, but I, but, I think that's why. I, you know, modern medicine plays a big part in that as well. But you know, we always look at oh yeah, Achilles, not exactly as a death sentence, but maybe a death sentence to the way that you used to play. But his skill but his set, skill set it, man, yeah, his like, skill set is so crazy that so if you six eleven and you shooting at an apex of seven feet, damn near. I mean, I don't care if you walk up and down the court. I mean, defensively, that's going to be a problem. But offensively, it can't, can't, nobody, can't nobody stop that dude, man. He'd be yeah. too, too long, too big, Paul, for the call. Um, Speaking so of that, I, guy, I got him. I think that's where the Nets are going to have big problems this season defensively on the perimeter. You got one dude coming off an Achilles. Somebody, you know, KD was starting to be recognized as a pretty decent defender before the injury, but then you got Kyrie and James Harden, you know, two notorious, notoriously terrible defenders. That perimeter is going to be a little – but, the, but the, the, the issue is a lot of people, a lot of perimeter players, a lot of perimeter tandems aren't going to be able to score with them. So it might not end up mattering, you know, who they can't guard. Yo, your man heavy, your man heavy Harry, aka James Harden, the beard. He gonna he gonna defend or not? All right, listen. All I want to say is, getting back to well, the original question, guys, Colin Sexton ripped both of them a new one last night. Yo, Colin, Colin Sexton looked like yeah. He took he took turns going deep. Yeah, yeah. Or he heard that uh he heard that ransom lyric or ransom ransom as a bar in one of his songs that came out recently where he talks about uh. You know, um, he says something like, you know, your point guard ain't like mine. You know, I mean, you sexing and I'm Kyrie. That's like a literal bar. And yeah, next time I know he they gave played Kyrie like a, work. And, and <laughs> sexing gave Kyrie everything that he asked for plus more. No homo. Yo, but uh, here's the thing, though. That's the original question <laughs> And then, question so, and then told him senior man James over here and gave him the business as well. <laughs> send, the, send the board and like the buffet. Send him over here, too. But that being said, that question was about KD being MVP. Absolutely. Like, this dude looks like he would, didn't just miss a year, two years, however long he missed. Like, yo, I, you know, sometimes you forget just how good people are because they're not in front of you. Right. This ball, man, yo, he's an apex predator, man. This dude is something else, yo. Like, he's just something else. Like, you know, he's, he's a weirdo off the court, but on the court, like, there's no denying this dude's skill level, man. He's, he's, he's one of the top three players in the, in the world. Yeah, I mean, when when he got in, in the world, Craig. I was just coming around to, you know, maybe being in agreement with the people who thought he had taken that top spot in the league. And then, you know, you get injured, Brian goes out with AD, kills it, wins another chip, and you just forget about KD. And then he, yeah, you know, man. he might be on his it's remind you tour right now. <laughs> so what do you tell that? Would he tell that to a reporter, Jim? I mean, I'm I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Yo, I think it's I think it's more than that was fine. That was fine. I think it's more than just a year missed. I think it's also when he played for Golden State, we also forgot. Even though he was the MVP of the finals, he did what he did. It was like 
We was like, yeah, whatever. They were good already. And you just, you know, what I mean, it's like it's you, you, no, but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't get to use the full array of tools in Golden State because they had so many yeah, other people around. Everything. He this had to. Got the slingshot. He got the uwap. This boy got arrows. He got <laughs> every weapon. He got all the weapons he got right now. Every every <laughs> weapon. He is in the full battle mode. And the crazy part is he got all that and he's still up there. <clears throat> anyway. Um, <laughs> um so yeah, shout out to shout out to K D man on his player of the week. Shout out to Dame Lillard on his uh player of the week honors as well. All right, so um bad news. <laughs> Since uh January thirteenth, like the last weekly round of COVID-19 testing in the NBA, um, 502 players were tested and 11 NBA players have returned confirmed positive COVID tests um, since then. Uh, You know, this is my weekly portion where I get to opine about the bubble and how safe it kept everybody. They were in the bubble for months and did not have one positive COVID test. Um, I'm still in disbelief that they're you know, even attempting to do this. Games are continuing to be canceled every week. As a matter of fact, the Grizzlies' next three games have been canceled um, because of their center, Valanchunas, after the 76ers played them, their next game had to be canceled because they found out after the game that Valanchunas tested positive for covid um, which made the Sixers have to stay in Memphis for a few days for contact tracing. Um, it's it, every week, man. It gets more and more out of hand. I know Jimmy said last week this was just it, it, it. It's a means to an end. It's what has to be done to let these dudes realize that a bubble type atmosphere is where they need to be. <laughs> What what are your thoughts on this? Eleven positive tests in the last week. Herd immunity. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, the, good, the good the good big daddy paused. Joe Biden and his wench uh, and Kamala will uh, solve it, and they'll issue an order uh, making the, uh, the NBA go to the bubble. Um, well, there's been talk as well because I don't know if you guys remember a few weeks ago when uh, vaccines started to get administered, they asked the commissioner about it, and he said, "No, in in no way do we intend to jump the line." Um, I think he was feeling a little guilty because when people were having trouble getting tests, the NBA, you know, they were in the test, they were in the bubble getting tested like <laughs> two, three times a day per player. Um, but he came out and publicly said they wouldn't be jumping the line as far as vaccines go. Now, the tone has changed a little bit, and he's talking yeah, about employers shut right now. He's talking about possibly getting some players vaccinated just as a means to show people that it's good, it's positive. You know, basically for activism and awareness purposes. So, you know, us regular folks. <laughs> Uh, don't have to return to our miser- miserable lives with the the chance of being sick, you know. So if some NBA players do it, you know, maybe we'll follow and think that it's a good thing. Um, do y'all believe that, or y'all think that's fluff? Y'all think he's tired of canceling? That's absolute. That's absolute <laughs> fluff because what happens is 
Now we can get on our speculation, John. He did feel guilty. He got up in front of the people. We said all of that. Then the special phone in his right pocket, in his jacket rang, the one that we don't know about. And ownership said, what the hell are you talking about? Get my slaves vaccinated immediately. Who is, why are you telling these people anything of it? What are you talking about, Adam Silver? We own you. Relax. Yo, but anyway, man, listen. This is we, we, Jim, we got, I don't know if you're in the chat room. We got some clown in the chat room uh, talking a bunch of crap. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> these people oh, are funny, man. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. Say what you're about to say. He, he, <laughs> no, I was just going to say this. This is, this is bound to happen. Like, it's bound to happen, man. We knew what it was. Like, there's no way around it. You know what I'm saying? It's no, it's no way around it. Um, I, but I do understand they're still going to have to fight it because cats ain't trying to be in the bubble, y'all. Yeah. They're just not trying to be in the bubble. That's what I'm like. At some point, though, they're going to have to, you know, get their priorities straight and have it, I guess, like safety over social because we know the reasons why they pretty much don't want to be in the bubble. But I, I think it's one of those things, man, and we've we've talked about it before. It's like nobody's really taking it too seriously because, you know, these cats may test positive. They may be asymptomatic. The ones who have gotten sick, they've probably had, you know, mild symptoms. So, you know, nobody's really taking it seriously. Back when it first started, I mean, you saw how serious they took it just when, when Rudy Gobert tested positive and they shut the whole league down. Like, God forbid, I don't want it to have to come to a point where somebody actually dies, and then they have to take it more seriously. But right now, they are in a position where they really don't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I I totally get what you're saying, but like you said, it's better to be safe than sorry, and also the liability issue. But, you know, I wonder if they're making them like Tom Waves or anything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they 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 have to. <laughs> I'm 100 percent sure that they had to sign something. I mean, spe- I mean, especially because you know they were the ones who pressed not to be in a bubble environment. So at that point, you pretty much have to like, okay, if y'all don't want to do that, and we're gonna try it this way, then y'all gonna have to sign these waivers. Y'all not suing me. Y'all not suing me. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how how it plays out, man. I still see a shutdown coming, and I see them calling Walt Disney to tell them to get them uh, G League dudes out of there because more important things have to happen. Um, <laughs> but our quote of the week, man, this goes back to Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets, and Kyrie says, "I take full accountability for my actions. Had a conversation with each and every one of my teammates. I want to apologize to the fans." I just needed a pause. Again, that's Kyrie Irving on his extended absence over the last couple of weeks. Do y'all believe him? Or do y'all think, you know, when it comes to a point where whatever's on his mind is weighing on his mind again, he'll step away from the game again? Man, listen, Kyrie does what he wants to do. I think that's that's one of the reasons why <laughs> they're doing what they're doing. Um, in terms of not being in a bubble, because you're going to have a bunch of Kyrie's. Cats can be like, look, you know what I'm saying? I, I told you I didn't, you know, I ain't going to play. You know what I mean? So, yeah. that, that, 
Kyrie going to do what he want to do, but they're trying to avoid having more uh, Kyrie. I, I think both. I think both things are true. I think number one, yes, Kyrie does what Kyrie wants, times two, and I also think you know if you heard him talk about the mental health aspects, there were some things weighing on his mind, and there's no amount of Minnesota Viking boats that he can get on to escape the melanin that he sees in the mirror. And some of that was weighing on him, some of what's going on in the country and all of those things, family members, etc. So I think both things are true. I think you have a young man who's mercurial that's a little weird that will, you know, walk away from certain things without explanation um, that maybe we wouldn't. But I also think he is dealing and coping, coping with some mental uh, – some mental health issues. Yeah, and that's Based something that brought about you gotta take seriously by, by, the, by, the, by the country. I mean, and, and, and like I said, that's something that you definitely got to take seriously. Um, but at, at what point is it a detriment to you know? First of all, himself, his his team, and Kyrie is a very highly paid athlete who's who they depend on for one, um, you know, you take these leaves of, of, of absence whenever you feel like it, you're going to set a precedence. Other people are probably going to start doing it. Um, I don't know. It, it's just a weird situation because it kind of seemed like he came back when he started to realize that things were changing and going in a certain direction, whether he was with them or not. You even had KD last week um, being quoted as saying when they were talking about um, James Harden as a playmaker. He was like, look, you know, I see him as a point guard and, and all of this kind of stuff. Like, that kind of stuff has to eat at Kyrie when he's reading this stuff or watching or listening to this kind of stuff. And this dude is coming in, and they're rolling in their first couple of games together, and he's not even there. And what tops it off and makes it even worse is the first game he comes back, they lose to a team that's not supposed to be that good of a team (laughs) and got cooked by the dude who replaced him on said team. So a lot of this stuff has to eat it, Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? Um, It seems like he felt like once James got there and you saw them two dudes being all buddy-buddy, he had to get back as soon as possible. I think there was anything to that. Yo, I just real quick, uh, the boy um, in the chat, B-Wise Assipence, whatever his name is, yo, your mom is a whore. That's all. I'm sorry, but back to what you were saying. Um, <laughs> back, back, back to what you were saying, there, good brother. Uh, Kari is out of pocket, man. Um, but, you know, the good thing about this is the NBA loves drama. They love being dramatic. And, you know what I'm saying? So this is all good for them. They love storylines, and Kyrie is giving them a storyline. So now they got the storyline of, you know, bringing Harden over here. I really believe at this point when I watch the NBA, yo, it's nothing but drama, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo. Yo. <laughs> yo. I, I'm, I, mean, I don't even know where to go from there. That's <laughs> yeah, it took me back. I don't really, don't really know how to. So that's 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 the quote of the week, man. Let's roll over to the NFL real quick. Um, no, wait, wait, wait. That was the quote of the week. 
Your mom. <laughs> That's the funny thing. The dude was in the chat room talking about how the NFL is so homoerotic in the center. That the quarterback puts his hands in the centers and then started calling us all kinds of maggots with an F because we're, we're talking about it. And the weird part about it is we hadn't said anything about football yet, but we're going to talk about football now. Um, B. Austin, your Philadelphia Eagles have decided on a head coach. Now, throughout the week, it was said by people who, you know, swear up and down that they're Philadelphia Eagles insiders that the choice had come down to two people, Deuce Staley and Josh McDaniels. Um, it was reported by these same folks that uh, Deuce Staley was the choice of the owner, while Josh McDaniels was the choice of the GM. So this could have been smoke and mirrors the whole time because they went to a third party. It was. Or if you want to believe in any of those reports, then maybe this was just a compromise between the two because they couldn't settle this disagreement. Um, They settled on Nick Sirianni, uh, offensive coordinator from the Indianapolis Colts. As an Eagles fan, Bills, I mean, you can give us your take as a fan and as an analyst, as an independent, objective analyst, what are your thoughts on this particular hire? I'm glad you offered those caveats and disclaimers to take me off the track that I was going to go down. I'm going to go down that track. But you said be objective. Um, I can see the upside. He's coming from the Indianapolis Colts, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, he is. He's the, he was the offensive and coordinator of the Indiana. Indianapolis Colts handpicked by Frank Wright when he left the Philadelphia right. Eagles to be his top offensive so, guy. So I have to believe that there's some there's some input here or something related to Frank Reich, i.e. we can't have Frank Reich, so we'll grab the next best thing, his Padawan to cater to Carson Wentz because we've got uh, the biggest bag invested in him, and we need to see results. And we saw the best results when he had a relationship and was being coached by Frank Reich. From that perspective, I understand the hire. I get it. Um, I can't say what a 39-year-old coach will do. We've seen, we've seen younger coaches do very well. We've seen younger coaches flame out. Um, I like I like what the Colts do. Um, if he's bringing that to to the Eagles, and you have in theory a weapon that is far more versatile uh, than the gentleman who just retired, who we'll talk about later, um, this could be good. It, it it could be good. I don't know what type of leader of men he is. I don't know what type of CEO, because that is a CEO role where you are coordinating. um, You're coordinating the coaches who will then coach your team as well as play calling or as well as being involved at a micro level. Your macro understanding of the organization has to be on point. And for me, now I'm, I'm, I'm stepping a little bit into fandom. For me, it always makes me nervous to see us as a test ground for a guy his first time out. Because here's the other thing. This guy could end up being a wonderful head coach 
but he could still swim out with us <laughs> and learn a, turn, learn, a, learn a ton of lessons at our expense and then go on to be great. Shout out to Bill Belichick, who's the greatest NFL coach of all time. I'm sure people in Cleveland I mean, would disagree he, with that. Not without Tom Brady, he ain't. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, Tom Brady ain't ish without his defense, but I, I you know, I don't, I don't know what this will be. Yeah, that's cool. Robert Ory went to the chip a whole lot of times. He rode for free in the car. No, Brady Ballard. What you talking about? Yo, first off, he put up five hundred and lost. My man B. Austin said, "Yo, young coaches flame out, and they also do well. Yeah, that's all coaches." But anyway, mm-hmm. um. Point, the point I want to make is poor Deuce. All I'm gonna say is poor Deuce. Rooney <laughs> 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 You know what? I really and and I and I think I know where Jimmy is going with this man because I really think every year Deuce's name is well every time there's an opening in Philly, Deuce's name is merely thrown into the mix just to. You know, make the pundits and everybody, especially the the advocates for the Rooney Rule, just to make everybody think that they're doing a serious, you know, doing their part seriously about, uh, you know, activating the Rooney Rule within the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Um, that's what I think the fluff was surrounding that Josh McDaniels, Deuce Staley thing. I think that was just for looks. I think, you know, you're going to say Deuce is a top two candidate. Um, you put his name out there with somebody who has experience, who's very successful as a coordinator, who's been a head coach before, and then you turn past, say the owner likes him, and then you turn past and hire somebody totally different well, who wasn't really well, much on the radar. But you kind of knew well, since this dude had a two-day marathon um interview that he was much more of a serious candidate than they tried to lead on with those erroneous reports mm-hmm. in Josh McDaniels. So, so let me, let me give my brother Jimmy a couple of alley-oop because I know he'll dunk this. There are 1,696 players in the NFL. Of that 1,969 players, uh, exactly 1,187 of them, 188, are black. So 70% of the NFL is black. Would you like to take a guess as to how many black head coaches we have in the NFL? <laughs> is it down to one yet? <laughs> no, we're not down. We didn't cut it in half. That would be half. We'd be cutting it by 50%. So we have two black head coaches. Now, you've got Eric Bieniemy, You've got uh, Leslie Shepard. You've got our guy. And by our guy, salute to our home, Howard University, Pep, who is quietly, I believe, on the Cleveland staff making Baker uh, look great, better than he is. He's also responsible for a lot of Andrew Luck's success. Why? So, so here's where, where I'm going. Leslie Shepard, uh, Todd Bowles, and, and some of these guys I've mentioned did get a chance in the head coaching seat, but they didn't get the Bill Belichick chance. They didn't get a chance to fail and come right back. 
why are we selecting a 39-year-old gentleman as opposed to giving Eric Bieniemy his shot? Because Eric Bieniemy is now in his mid-50s. So if you're not going, you're not going to wait till he's 60 to give him the the reins to to a to an organization. Why why isn't Pep? If you want to go younger, Pep is in his mid 40s. Why isn't Pep giving a shot? Why are we going to super young white dudes and giving them their first shot when we've got all of these black coordinators and even black former head coaches that should be given a second shot? What, 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 why we know I mean, why why ask why you know. It's the trendy thing to do these days anyway. Um, People are reaching um, much younger for head coaches these days. The other part of that, the complexion complexion for the connection, uh, Q Phil Matic, where is he? You know, I ask why when you know why. Um, Other than that, other than the, the elephant in the room, I don't think it's a bad hire per se, you know, being objective. As a fan, I, I told, I, you know, I've been telling people this whole time, like I'm long past that as a fan. I'm no longer, you know, I no longer play couch owner, couch GM, couch head coach. I don't give a damn what the Eagles or any other team I root for do as far as head coaches. Like I'll tell you that, okay, you know, that yeah, was kind of messed up that Doug Peterson got fired. I don't think he should have gotten fired. But once that kind of stuff is said and done, and people come to me with the names that come up, man, you think that's a good hire? Like, how do we actually know what's a good hire, especially when we're – especially when you're in the pool of first-time head coaches? How do you know what's a good hire until, you know, they get a chance to, to prove themselves? People who were still in this type of mix said that Doug Peterson was the worst hire ever. Doug Peterson led the Eagles to their first-ever Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm not – Upset with them, you, you you don't know hiring because an you unknown. Can't, you can't judge, you can't judge uh, someone's ability as a coordinator to determine how great of a head coach they'll be. But how right. he's going to be a good Tom, coach? That's a great point. We've seen Tom, great we've seen point. Tom and Tom again where cats are amazing coordinators. Think it up as a head coach. Go back to being a coordinator. And both start both of buddies, both of buddies, Ryan's sons. Yep. Yeah. Because, because and, the fact of the matter is, it's a, it's a different skill set. So that's why you really just don't know. And then you then you have situations like this, Jimmy, where the head coach, the head coach and the star coordinator, are, you know, masters of the same side of the ball. So a lot of times the head coach is going to get those props. Besides being black, I think that's what kind of hurts Eric Bieniemy because. Everybody wants to say, you know, what a bright offensive mind he is. But at the same time, people act like, and you know, maybe not act, but people know that Andy Reid is a damn offensive savant and a quarterback whisperer. So then you look at it, and I think a lot of people might be skeptical. Well, how much credit are we giving to Eric Bieniemy for Pat Mahomes' success and the offensive of of Kansas City success, where in reality it could be seventy five percent Eric Bieniemy, but we don't know that because Andy Reid has such a great track record at being such an offensive mind. So that kind of stuff always makes it a slippery slope, and it makes it hard to determine. But I will tell you this: if if come on, if Eric Bieniemy was white, 
no matter what Andy Reid was, he would have gotten a shot by now because people would be like, okay, he learns at the feet of Andy Reid, so he might be great. That's why Doug Peterson got a shot. That's actually why Nick Sirianni got a shot because he learns at the feet of Frank Wright, and people people think Frank Wright is such a great offensive mind. So at some point, you know. Damn, learning at the feet of Frank Wright. Frank Wright only been a coach for about five minutes. Yeah, but people, like like Jimmy said, some people are even amazing at, you know, what they've done in a coordinator position and get that kind of respect that fast. I mean, look at it now. Doug Peterson is fired three years after a Super Bowl, and everybody in Philly is now, you know, they've started to do this when Doug looked like, you know, when the team started to regress – People already started giving Frank Reich all of the credit for what the Eagles offense did in their Super Bowl season, whether it's true or not. As soon as the team regresses, the hey, person hey, is there hey, yo, fam. We saw to Doug, answer for this. We saw Dougie P calling plays. We saw Dougie right, P calling plays. I, it might be something to that. No, but it might not, though, because Dougie P was calling plays in the Super Bowl season. But that's, that's, that's how fans look at the game, B. Frank Reich was no longer there to take accountability for a regressing offense. So he still looks like the genius because he's off doing his own thing and his offense is doing pretty well. Doug, Dougie is sitting here with regressing talent and a team that's getting older. And, you know, what happens to teams that's getting older, they, they regress and they don't look the same as they look when they were at their greatest point. But he's the only one that has to answer for that now. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't know if it was if it was Frank Reich or not. But when you get to roll out and not have to answer for the bad times, you get to keep your good standing. So that that's why it's so difficult with this whole coaching and this this hiring stuff. Um, you know, besides the obvious stuff, because there's definitely some other stuff going on that's <laughs> that 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 we like we said is the elephant in the room, but. It's it's a whole it's just difficult to to determine determine who's doing what and who should get the credit for what in this whole coaching thing. But I got yeah, yeah, to point out real I quick. Don't care. I, don't I just want to point out real quick. Um, I got to jump off in a second. I want to point out Casey Mack made an amazing point as I'm going through these uh, comments. He said that remember the Casey the Chiefs game last week when they ran that fourth and one play, which is a dope play. Um, everybody went off on Andy Reid and. The enemy's name never came up one time, and right. you know you'll never see that. Generally speaking, when it's a coordinator, they'll, they'll at least mention his name. They'll even mention the board's name. Right, because in other situations, you know what's the best situation for a coordinator though? When let's say an offense is dynamic and it's and it's it's crazy, but the head coach is and the defensive head coach guy. Is the defensive coach. Right, that gives you more props, and and you know. It, and that's another thing. Like, just because a head coach is a defensive guy doesn't mean he's not a master of offense. And I had a conversation with somebody about that the other day. They were talking about um, Deion Sanders, like how was Deion Sanders coaching up his sons to be quarterbacks if he's a defensive back? Well, I'm like, well, if he's considered the top defensive why back of all time universally, why wouldn't he know about quarterback play? He should be a master at quarterback play if he's a master at deciphering what quarterbacks are going to do. So, you know, that's another thing that people don't realize. Like, just because you make your bones on a certain side of the ball doesn't mean you're not a quote-unquote 
you know, proverbial genius on the other side. And, 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 and you know what, to your, to your point, Dev, and I'm going to use Dion as a, as a prime example, uh, no pun intended. Bars. We look at the flash and we look at, we look at the gold teeth and the Jerry curl and the fact that he wore his, his shirt all the way down to his belly button open. So you could see his taco meat and his gold when he was drafted. But people don't realize that Deion Sanders, along with being an extraterrestrial African athlete, was a savant football mind. They say dude consumed tape and film at a voracious rate. Like, no one watched more film than Deion. So I would expect him to understand the quarterback position, the receiver position, hell, even the line, because he was a student of the game as much as he was an all-time, all-world defensive back. I, I, like, I a lot of guys are like that. I got to stop you there. You're going to tell me Jamarcus Russell ain't watch more film than Dion? <laughs> he did. But with, what the, the type of film you're talking about is, is, booty, is booty Call uh, 6 through 12. <laughs> With Jake Steed and Mr. Marcus, I'm not really talking about that type of film. Yo, yeah. they definitely were in that film. Why do you remember the actors from that film? And why do I know that you remember the actors? From that <laughs> yeah, film? I'm about to say, why do both of y'all? Why do you know the actors? <laughs> Yo, that was, a, that was a legend. That was a cla- that was a classic piece of cinema right there. So, but anyway, my fault. Go ahead, be awesome. Scavy, you you said his lens still wasn't it? You come out lens from um uh, uh the Chargers. Now he kicked him to the curb, and I I really can't even. Yeah, play they got him. rid of him. I can't even play the black card on that. I watched a lot of Charger games, and myself sat there a lot of times, like, "What the hell is he doing?" There yeah, was some, it, it, lost like four games by himself. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of questionable, <laughs> like down the stretch decisions. Where you like, "Yo, they," yeah. But the, but the only problem is. It's going to be so difficult for him to get a second chance, whereas his counterparts of a different hue, like they can look just as incompetent, incompetent in their you know initial chance at being a head coach, and there's a strong possibility that they're going to get another chance. Like yo, Josh McDaniel, yo, Lane, Lane, I don't think Lane he's a terrible Kippen, coach, Lane. but he went to Denver and just tried to like, usurp all the power, and he was just a sneaky dude. <laughs> And he was this this week to get another Lane Lane Kiffin can fail at coaching us in flag football and still get an NFL job. (laughs) Yeah. And we saw. All right. So um, uh, that's that's the whole, you know, coaching thing. Jim, before you get out of here, you want to give your picks for the – Real quick, real quick, before we even do that, because I, I definitely want to ask this because I, I kind of know where Jimmy, where he stands on this. Um, Phillip Rivers announced his retirement uh, this week um, after 17 years in the NFL. Real quick round of HOF or FOH. Phillip Rivers. Is he a Hall of Famer in y'all mind? Listen, he's a Hall of Famer. I slander, I slander Philip Rivers because I, I, I mean, I just don't like the boy. I don't think he's as good as some people do. But I do <laughs> he kept it a thousand. Like, I, I often wondered that because we never, like, Philip Rivers was never important enough for us to really have a serious conversation. So when Jimmy would slander him, I would often wonder how serious 
this slander was. I'm like, did Jimmy really think no, this boy bum? Or... He, he ain't a bum. He's not a bum. It's half joking. He's he's a third ballot Hall of Famer. Funny thing is, he's the straight think... out without cursing. You know, because he a real he a holy boy. <laughs> he has such an attitude. Yeah, he a holy ghost boy. A curse out he's don't sound good Hall if you're not cursing. Like that's corny to me. Yeah. <laughs> Only person that could pull that stuff off was Big Dog. Um, I know. <laughs> I don't. Um, so here's the thing. I even feel like by saying he's a third ballot Hall of Famer, we're compromising Man, we our standard. We're compromising we, our standard for what we believe. What we believe the Hall is. What I believe the Hall is. And I kind of like Philip Rivers. To be honest, like I, I, I thought Bull could play, but what we have said the Hall is for us, not what it is now for in reality. I would say no. I would say no. He's never been a top five um, QB. He's never. I, I don't know about that. Ar- arguably, ar- arguably, you could argue for that fifth spot, but I, I've always been able to name four, at least four, that are better. Um, I don't know. Ah, I think as did he win enough player, in consequential moments? I think as an individual player, he may have been better at most times than a lot of quarterbacks in the league. But you know, you know how it is. You know what's going to get you your respect. Um, first of all, you know he, he never got that elusive Super Bowl ring. He never even really had, you know, any real success in the playoffs. But here's some of the stuff. You know, some of his his resume. He ranks fifth in NFL history with 63,440 passing yards. That's behind Drew, Tom, Peyton, and Brett. Um, he was an eight-time pro bowler. Um, he's also fifth in, fifth in league history with 421 touchdown passes behind those same five guys that I named for yards. Um, remember, he was traded on draft day in 2004 for Eli Manning. Um, he sat for two years behind Drew Brees, and then after Drew Brees left, y'all know this dude never missed a game. <laughs> like never. He, he yeah, never I knew that. I knew that. Yeah, I knew and that. Even in I his knew last he was Iron Man. In his last season, where we know, where we, you know, it was obvious that you know he wasn't the same. He he passed for four thousand one hundred sixty nine yards, twenty four touchdowns, and led the Colts to an eleven and five record. And of course, you know they lost in the wild card round, twenty seven twenty four to the Bills. Just throwing some stuff out of there out there from his resume. I mean, because you got that, and then, and then of course you got the eye test. Um, even though he was a great quarterback, to me, you know that man, he had the ugliest release. You you. And, and, Mechanic. My man was a shot. My man was shot putter. <laughs> he, he shot putted the ball down the field. All that being said, I think there's a place in the Hall of Fame and in, in my Hall of Fame for for Philip Rivers, um, simply because you know I'm not one of the end all be all like oh he didn't get a ring so he shouldn't go. Think about it. As much as I've defended Eli Manning over his career. I think Phillip Rivers was a much better quarterback than Eli Manning, but Eli Manning has things that I don't even know, know if I agree with that. But I, I'm, I'm not. It's one of them joints where I don't agree with that. But I, ain't I mean, I, I, I think he but, individually, but at the same time, better. I think he individually he may have been better than both of his classmates. Um, wasn't Ben Roethlisberger in that class? 
But those dudes got two uh, of them uh, things uh, that Philip couldn't get to. So you got to you got to factor yo, that in. How how many? And and this may not be a fair question, but how many signature games do you remember of Philip Rivers? How many signature moments? Yeah, it might be unfair. Because <laughs> first of all, here's my thing: I'm watching too many of them four p.m. games if, with the Chargers. If he, if he actually, if he actually goes in the Hall of Fame, he should go somewhere. Um, wherever they put Antonio Gates at, he should be like hanging off his statue. Like without Antonio Gates, he's gonna go in there hanging off Antonio's fishing rod. I'm just saying that's where he belongs. I feel I I don't disagree at all. You know, but at the same time, I I, listen. I I like I like Philip Rivers. I like Eli, and I was actually I I actually was lightweight as much of a fan of 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 him as I could be, rooting for the opposing team in the division. But if somebody comes to me and says that you know Eli me. Manning should be in the Hall of Fame, we don't love him. We don't love him. He's not a he's not a Hall of Famer, man. I seen I seen Eli have some horrific seasons. See, but like, that's the like, thing. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, Abi. When, when you're making these distinctions, it's like you have some people that have one thing, you know, have this criteria, but don't have that. You know, most of the people in there have both. Not not I ain't gonna say that. Not even most. A lot, you know, some of the cats in there have both, so it's like not a question, it's not an argument. Philip Rivers, in my opinion, has the individual resume. Philip Rivers he, doesn't he, have he does. team success. He's better, he's better and than as a quarterback, and as a quarterback, you're you you know you're put to task to lead them to that team success. Eli, I could argue his Hall of Fame candidacy because of the team success that he led them to, even though the Giants had two sporadic Super Bowls here and there and then was pretty much trash for the rest of the tenure that he was there. Not him being trash. I'm just talking about the team as a whole. But the fact remains that he was there to lead them to those two things. And and in those moments, you asked about signature performances. In those moments, yo, Eli played some of the best football of his life. Like, yo, that pass to Manningham still to me might be the the greatest NFL pass that I've ever seen over the shoulder to the sideline. Like, yo, you drop that in a bucket exactly where it needs to be. One of the greatest passes I've ever seen in my life. He has those moments. And you have those moments. There were a lot of them where it was Eli faced all over the place. And he just looked like Yo, we have to talk about Eli in relation to Phillip Rivers, and I agree. I think Phillip Rivers is better than Eli Manning. But let me ask you that and, and here's probably the case for Phillip versus Eli. I don't believe Eli was a very good to elite quarterback for more than sixty percent of his career. Maybe low. It might even be only about fifty percent of his that. career. And like you, I'm a fan. Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's fifty. It's probably fifty. It's probably fifty percent of the other fifty percent. Dude was mad average. Philip Rivers was better than average for about seventy five, maybe eighty percent of his career. I'll give you that. He was in a, what I would consider elite top ten for shit fourteen, fifteen, fourteen years. <laughs> 
day. I, and, and, and I agree. With Maybe you know this year, so he, last year, make the case. his fall off came, but all right. So, so, so let know. me ask this: Tony, Tony Homo, Tony Homo, Philip Rivers, and Eli, where do you rank them? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, Homo, I, I, to I would me, Homo is under. Homo is underrated, Philip, man. I always thought Tony Romo was underrated, and you know, you know how much. It, and, and you know, a lot of that played into who he played for. You know, if you don't absolutely love the Cowboys, you absolutely hate the Cowboys. So anything he does, especially when he does it late in the game, if it was a mistake, you know, people are going to harp on that and make it bigger than everybody else that's doing the same thing. They're going to ignore the fact that as far as these metrics they have, overrated. Quote, fourth quarter comebacks, game-winning drives. They're going to ignore the fact that Tony Romo was at the top of the league for a long time in those metrics. So he definitely was was underrated. Um, I'm not you know, I'm not sitting here dismissing the fact that Tony Romo will make a mistake that will break his team's back. But as a as a as an everyday as an every week quarterback I would. I actually think that Tony Romo was a better quarterback than Eli Manning. But I agree. I mean, but I, listen, Eli I, I has those things on his resume that. that might put him. I agree with that. Over both of them, when it all. Said I agree. Him. I just want to say. I want to say before I bounce, I agree with that. I take Tony. Um, Tony. Uh, you know, um, Romo. <laughs> B. Austin got me ready to slander that man's name. I'll take him over um, Eli as a player. I think he's well. He's. He's way better than Philip Rivers, though. Like that's not even close. Like, give Philip Rivers in until. Damn. Rivers. <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm out, y'all. I'm out. All right, peace. All right, peace. Yeah, he did. Jimmy, Jimmy, he killed him. He said he's way better than the bull. All right. All right. So before we uh, give our 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 picks on the uh, wait, hold the on, picks. hold on, bro. I don't I don't huh? understand. I need you to I need you to help because if he's way better than Philip Rivers, my argument is. That none of the three of them, none of the three of them would get into the hall. <laughs> I, hey, I, I don't know. You gotta ask Jimmy about that next time he's on air. But like you said, he, that was a parting shot, so he might have gone back into his slander Philip Rivers bag for that one before he, you know, before he rolled mm-hmm. out. So before we give our picks on the uh, championship games coming up, man, we're gonna go to the phone line. We got the homie Tobias calling in from out in Arizona. Tobias, what's going on? Roll damn tide. Hey, roll damn tide. Hey, my championship shirt's in the mail. I, I got the Austin one in the mail too, man. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. I don't wear clan. I don't wear clan with guys hey. and proud boys. Hey. Proud boys. Uh, and rose. Yeah, familiar. Hey, you got his. Hey, got his birds and rose in the uh, coming in the mail. I hope it's not hey. USPS though. You're not gonna get that for three months, bro. <laughs> no. By the way. <laughs> Colin Sexton went to Alabama. Alabama's like top ten in the country in basketball. Who would have thought? You know. <laughs> then, uh, oh God. Oh it won't God. Last. <laughs> hey, it won't last. Hey, I don't. <laughs> but y'all talking about these coaching hires, right? Justin Herbert mm-hmm. ball for the Chargers, right? Pep Hamilton was the offensive coordinator. I thought the yeah, league. Yeah, that, I said. I said Baker Mayfield. I said Baker Mayfield. I apologize to you, Pep. My brother, yeah. he was the one that had Justin Herbert balling, and he can't get a look. 
I thought wow. if you work Boy, well with a quarterback that that you get a job. That's what I thought, right? And uh and y'all were talking about like with Dion with Sean and Son coaching him up. I don't know if y'all watched the art of coaching on HBO with Belichick and Saban. And that was a part where they show Saban coaching up two toward the defense. And Belichick was showing Brady how to beat this coverage, how to do that. That's what defensive coaches could do. Show you what you do when you see this look, this guy at this stand. Quarterback coaches may not be able to do that. All they do is say, hey, throw the ball harder. <laughs> you know? Right. But you, throw the ball harder. Defensive um, fix your form, fix your mechanics. Yeah. And stuff like footwork. That. Footwork. But that's footwork. That's what I like because the average fan, even people who think they're more than average fans, like, they say stuff like that. Like, oh, well, he's on the defensive side of the ball, so there's nothing he can do. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, that doesn't make sense. If you're going to sit here, because you know how fans like to throw around the word genius. If you're going to sit here and call somebody a defensive genius, you don't think he doesn't understand every, all the ins and outs and all the nuances of of the offense and of quarterback play? Like, come on. He mm-hmm. might just be a, a, a fiery dude who likes to see people get their snot box rocked. Shout out to Hassan Campbell, but yeah, like that doesn't mean he doesn't know what to do on the offensive side of the ball. So that's why it's kind of crazy because you always see these quote unquote superstar offensive coordinators. They get those titles because their head coach happens to be a defensive guy. That's how, you know, the Rams uh, head coach, that's how he came up in the game. That's how all of these guys come up. But when you're an offensive guy and your coach is an offensive guy, people don't know where to hang credit most of the time. So that's where you get yep. into the, these mixes. And Sean McVay, if people look him up, he actually paid his due. He gets young as hell, but he started from the ground up. He didn't just, just say, hey, I know this guy and got a job. Because I tell Eric the enemy, he's listening right now, go to all these league offices, these team officers tell them that yet you're Sean McVay's token black friend and y'all was playing Call of Duty <laughs> the other night together. That, that's how you'll get a job. Um, because look at another one, Byron Leftwich. Look what they do in the Bucks offense with Brady and a guy that folks think is Nathan Peterman. Hey, he got 5,000 yards out of him too, so how come he ain't getting a look? <laughs> you know? And uh, But like the guy who Eagles hired, they keep saying Frank Wright. Frank Wright didn't call the play for it like that. You know, and that was four years ago. That's a long time. And that's time. what I was trying to Player say. Like, like, for everybody who's thinking now, like, even B mentioned that earlier. Like, like Doug Peterson was calling plays then. It looks different when – it looks different when the talent isn't the same. It looks different when it doesn't work. Old. When it doesn't work. Old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When it doesn't work, then it looks different. But Doug Peterson yeah. was doing the same stuff calling the same type of plays and and taking the same chances, but it looked better when it was working. He was out there looking like a genius because it was working. But the, when it when the execution isn't there, and people are like, yo, Doug, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> I got, like, I got were, another name I for mean, you. There were times this season where some of his plays looked like they didn't have any imagination to him whatsoever. But it, it just wasn't all that different from when it was working. Yeah, Execution because- is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, because Charles Nagy didn't call the plays in KC. He got the Bears job. But people keep talking about, oh, he got fit Carson Wentz. How about you coach a damn team? Let's let's worry about the team. <laughs> you know, it ain't, if you want to try to fix the quarterback, hire a quarterback coach. Hire an OC. But your head coach's job is to coach the team. 
not just be a quarterback coach. And I think that's where a lot of these teams mess up at as well. They did the same thing in Tampa when they fired Lovey. Now, I did think they should let Lovey go because you can't be down 56 to nothing on national TV. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, it happened. You got to let him go. And you can't say, hey, you can't. I was done. I know he's black, but he had to go. But uh, but they hired Dirk Cutter because they say, well, he worked well with Jameis Winston. I'm thinking to myself, well, about the rest of the damn team? <laughs> you know, it's not just one guy. And Dirk Cutter sucked. The team got set back some years. Then Arians came in. They did a new thing. I just think that people got to stop just worrying about one guy. He just coached the team. Because Belichick, he didn't necessarily was a quarterback coach. He hired people that developed Tom Brady, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And I think that's I mean, what and that's, and that's another, up you know, that's another uh, aspect that goes into the great. That's another component that goes into the greatness of a head coach, you know, hiring good people, <laughs> mm-hmm. people that make you look good. You know what I'm saying? And and that's in every sport, you know, because one guy can't do it by himself. Um, I mean, look at Belichick. Like, it, he, he can't do it by himself, but at the same time, a lot of his guys leave and don't actually become great head coaches. But that plays into something that I think Jimmy or somebody mentioned earlier. Like, some people are just great coordinators. Um, yep. and, and they might not have the managerial skills to hire great people and put that type of team around them to make them look like a great head coach. And and that's why they get fired and they go back to coordinating and they're back on top again. <laughs> at least give the black coaches a chance to fail. That's how I look at it. Give yeah. them the opportunity because Adam Gates, when he lost his first job in Miami, he wasn't out of work that long. He got a job before the unemployment check cleared. You know, uh, two jobs. He sucks. Uh, these coaches, ones who are awful, keep getting jobs. John Gruden got a 10-year contract, and after that Super Bowl in Tampa, he sucked. He was up barely above 500. But they somehow they say he's a genius. And you see how this team is, that team is. I just think that if you try – there's only one Sean McVay. And let's just be honest, guys, hashtag that. He wants to – he wants to dump – if he could throw Jared Goff in front of a moving semi-truck, he would. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but – but that's only one Sean McVay. Like, look at Arizona Carlos Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, he knew Sean McVay. Dumbasses. The air raid offense sucks in short yardage and goal line situations. What's the Arizona Cardinals problem? Short yardage and can't run a goal line offense. Uh, red zone offense. And the dude, mind you, he failed in college. Dirt Cutter failed in college and got a job. Black coaches can't even fail the NFL. You know, Name me a black coach who fell in college and got an NFL gig. <laughs> right. I can't do it. <laughs> Definitely yeah. can't do it. Can I take a time out real quick? Can I take a time out real quick? Because I, I, I'm, I'm just now seeing uh, Kez, Skyview's um, comments in the chat room. B, you, you listening? Skyview said, Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Greater than Philip Rivers. Vinny Testaverde, greater than Philip Rivers. Charlie Batch, greater that. than Philip Rivers. Yo, Skyview, Kevin, with all respect and love to your loyalty and support, you have absolutely no clue of what you speak. Like, you, you know what? Wait, 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 are wait, wait, out wait, of wait. pocket. You know what the common denominator completely. is, though? 
Super Bowl, you know right? What the common denominator is with him. Super Bowl. No, AFC West fan. Maybe that's what, oh, you know, yeah. I hate him because he's in my division uh, type team. Because, that, because all three, all oh, those names. Got you. Got but at least Jimmy, uh, got you. at least Jimmy can admit, like, all right, I slander the dude sometimes because I just don't like him. He said, but, he said Trent Dilfer. Yo, Trent Dilfer ain't better than me as a quarterback. Yo, I was <laughs> just about Trent to say Dilfer, that. Scott, you, you've never Dilfer seen Jazz play quarterback. But in flag football, he's better than Trent Dilfer. Yeah, Trent Dilfer. Bro, if, if we, if we right, put a flag on Trent, ain't trying to see me. Bro. The, the Buck stopped Trent Dilfer for Sean King. That's all you need to know about Trent Dilfer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He said Trent Dilfer, Vinny Testaverde, and Charlie Batch. It's all over former Charlie Buck, Batch no never played. Yo, I only saw Charlie Batch play like four games ever. <laughs> Uh, you, you fucking yeah. man. <laughs> hey, can I, uh, for, like, y'all talking about Kyrie earlier, right? And, well, like, my thing was, why they didn't find this guy game check? Talking about his mind wasn't right, but he was in the club party. Uh, but because they, because they, because they, um, they leaked the information. You know, I say leak loosely with air quotes. They leaked the information that he bought. What's the name? How uh, George, parents, Floyd. Uh, George Floyd's parents are home. So you know that don't mean, they, he he was off doing God's work. So he that he don't mean nothing. Guess what? Yeah, it doesn't. George, but they don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Like man, this man was off, you know, doing God's work, and y'all going you know do that to him? People know what they do when they what they're doing when they quote unquote leak. Yo, man, don't none of that don't none of that matter if you chasing after the guys that killed George Floyd's daughters. Ballers. Yeah. Never mind. Oh, oh here, how about this? The NBA is the reason why you're able to do that. If you ain't going to work, you ain't able to do that. And we <laughs> let's just call it what it let's just call it what it is. These owners are so scared we won't be a free agent destination. We don't kiss their asses. They ain't coming anyway most of the time. Uh Look how long it was, like I said before, between free agents, big free agents for the Lakers got before they got LeBron. You have to trade for these people now. And if that, it, it, here's, a, here's what kills me. Yes, yes, they traded for fat, for big 12, big fat Harden, right? Uh, who's going to defend? If they some, I think Philly's beating them because they ain't got nobody going to mess with them. The young door is a court. Yes. And who's going to check LeBron and AD? Who's gonna come off this bench? Uh, in case someone twists an ankle or get tired. Like I said, out of, out of that big three, Tobias, the only person Kyrie, go. who ever started to be to to get mentioned as a decent defender was KD, and that wasn't always. That was in the last few years. We start talking yeah. about KD's improved defense uh, coming yeah. off an Achilles in- injury. You think KD interested in guarding anybody right now? The other dudes have never been interested. Like, we we joke, but if you go back and look at the, the, the film or even just the highlights of that Colin Sexton performance, he was putting Kyrie and James Harden both in the blender. And it wasn't really difficult because on a lot of the plays and he got past them, they, there was no resistance. There was no effort. Like, you get past them, and they just put their hands up and, you know, let them do what he's going to do and then come down and try to score. Yeah, because I, I did put 20 bucks on Philly winning the East, 
plus six feet times, I get 900 bucks. Joel MP, you bet I mess this up, man. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but I look at matchups. Everybody see the name. In my opinion, the big three with all three guys are making max contracts, that era is dead because you need depth. You need someone to do some dirty work. They have no defenders. They have no rim protection. DeAndre Dude. Jordan's a course. Yo, uh, you know what's ironic like, about that? What's Before that? Before they made this trade, the Nets probably were the deepest team in the league. Bingo. <laughs> I mean, the, the, their depth was the reason they Yo, were able to they make had, They had Spencer they Dun, Dun, They had Yo. Spencer and uh, Karis LeVert who could start on almost any other team coming off the bench. Yo, Jared Allen. They went into the game without Kyrie and without KD and gave the Sixers work. And the Sixers were, you know, pretty much the number one team in the conference. I mean, this was uh, about yeah. a week. Wait, wait was yeah. that – no, they were seven and one at the time. So they gave the Sixers only their second loss of the season, and anybody probably betting on that game was going to be like, "Oh, the Sixers got an easy one tonight." But that's people who don't understand the depth that the Brooklyn Nets had two and three weeks ago. Remember, without KD, without uh, Kyrie Irving, this team was like a six seed for the for the last few years. Like they were making the playoffs yeah. without these guys. I don't think yeah. you. Like, I don't think you break the bank to to make that trade when you have two top. You know, if you get those two top guys to play with all the depth that they had on a on a team that was already making the on playoffs, the team. Them, I think they might have messed up some. You know, they they might have messed up some good chemistry, man. Some good depth. Yeah, because I mean, I'm a front in the East. Those three dudes, they're gonna be a contender regardless, but. You know, but who they somebody in trouble. Yeah, because everybody talk. Well, Kyrie doing a guy, all this stuff, and it's like, look, Donald Sterling did a lot of charitable work. So hey, what take that what you will. Uh, you still have to be professional. That's the problem because I, I hear all these people say, well, he did. It, it doesn't matter because if he ain't doing his job, what good is it? But I'll bring up this. I know you guys got to run. Colin Sexton was the draft pick that GM LeBron wanted to trade for DeAndre Jordan because they, they wanted to win now. And Dude. Cleveland said no because LeBron was going to leave anyway. You know <laughs> LeBron don't mess with draft picks, man. Yeah, but I ain't mad at him over that. But see, I'm yeah, not no, mad at yeah. LeBron over that. Yeah, but we know about Cleveland. Like, we don't have two years to wait. Until Sexton yeah. can drop forty points in a game, you know what I'm saying? He ain't got he ain't got time like that to wait. But 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 Cleveland knew he was wait. out anyway. Yeah, right. Which and is why which yeah. is why they didn't listen to him this time. Like yeah, they're like we're not falling like, for the banana in the tailpipe twice. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You tell us yeah. who not to draft. You know, not like Wiggins is some legend, but you know he he got rid of that pick so he could win a chip and then bounced. So yeah. now they stuck and now you with. Suck. Kevin Love, who never even plays anymore <laughs> and is old, when, you know, you can have a young Wiggins, maybe not in the superstar role that people expected him to be in, but, he, you know, you can have Wiggins in a in a decent playoff player who can score type role right now, making that Cleveland team better than it is. Make the playoffs. So. And, I, and that's why sometimes it's that uh, – and, and I understood where LeBron was coming from because he couldn't wait. Like, look at Brandon Ingram. He's an all-star. He's on his own team. 
he's fair in the Cy Young, too, but the media won't say that for some reason. They swear Cy Young fat ass the top ten. But anyway, John Morant's fair in the Cy Young. They don't want to say that either. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, plus John Morant's, and plus John Morant's winning with less talent on his team, by the way. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, who's a superstar who ain't? I had to say that. But I think sometimes these players – they, it's best they go to, like, the Sacramento, the New Orleans of the world to get grow their game. Because if you don't like the Lakers with LeBron, you ain't going to grow your game. You ain't getting no time because LeBron's trying to win now. That's no knock on you. But here's the thing that people miss. These guys are coming in at 19 now. When we was coming up, they were coming in 21-22. With three years of college coaching. Now these guys coming in AAU coaching. We know AAU coaching sucks. Right. You know, because they don't coach. So, they just trying to put guys together and win. Like, hey, you know, it's not a lot of teaching going on. And a lot of, I'm, you know, I'm not going to put that indictment out there on all of the programs, but in a lot of those programs, it's just about competing nationally, being able to yep. get that sponsorship money. So we're going to put as many stars together as we can, and we're not going to be on the hook to to be great coaches because you know at this level they're already stars. So we're just going to put them together, you know. And that's, why these <laughs> and that's why these drafts suck. And that's why these drafts suck most of the time. And then you're like, okay, this guy, okay, who is this guy? Who's doing nothing? It takes a while to grow. And I think that's an issue right there. But I like seeing these young players like Sexton grow and stuff like that once played at Bama. But I'm glad these, some of these guys are growing and becoming good players. They may not be on TV all the time. But he put in that work because they, they were missing Love and Garland last night. Yeah. And that just shows that defense is going to kill the Nets because Giannis and company can score. Who's going to check Giannis? Who's going to check Drew Holiday? Who's going to check MB? And here's the thing people are missing. Yes, Ben Simmons don't shoot. But if you've got a bad defense, guess what that means? He's slashing. They can run up and down the court and set up those shooters. That and Tobias, and Tobias Harris. That's, those are teams right there that, that could knock these guys out because the Nets might be lucky to just make the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. We shall see, man. Like I said, they're, they're, they're an injury away from being real salty that they gave up all of those players. Like I said, as it stands, like you're always going to have a chance when you got these these three superstars. Um, like you, when you get you don't have one to play with the We're assuming that winning is the top priority versus merchandise sales and ticket sales. And strippers. We're assuming that. So, so and also they have the guys, biggest. They, and Dev and B. Austin, they need to put this league in a bubble because what's the point of not having a bubble if you if fans can't go to the game anyway? What's the point? Oh, right. I can see if fans were in an arena, you can <laughs> rationalize that. But it's like we waste but, all we're doing now is wasting this arena space. Because not because making any you're money killing, concessions. Because you're killing your network partners because you're not putting a good TV product because guys are out. And so mm-hmm. you at least put in a bubble, regional bubble, something like that, so you get it in. And so yo, you can put that the bubble is a good product. Yeah, you know, many people yeah. say, yo, this bubble ball was the best basketball I've seen in a long time because these dudes <laughs> sit there, concentrate on what they're doing. And and like you said, uh Tobias, nobody was really out unless they were legitimately injured. That nobody was out for COVID because there were no positive COVID tests the whole time. Because, so that is because, because that, football that, that, that's only a great game. Because football only has sixteen games. Two affiliates are like, yo, like 
Y'all putting some yeah. trashy products out there. Like yeah, every night, yeah, we gotta see a new dude get a career high because he played more minutes than he's ever played in his life. But yeah, because right football yeah. has sixteen games. He, he could manage that easier in <laughs> eighty-two games over all these months. But hey, you guys <laughs> take it easy, man. Ball Y'all ball have a good one, man. All right, you too, man. We we'll talk to you next week. Scott, <laughs> you said bubble ball was like the rucker. Yeah, they was getting it in in the bubble, man. They was yeah, they was. They was getting it. In. Shout right, out to so TJ let's, Warren. Um, let's um pick these games real quick. Our pick six segment, but it's only a pick two because we're at the conference championship uh, level right now. Um, I think these are two very good matchups, and I'm and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, on Sunday, the 305, the early matchup is Tampa Bay at Green Bay. B. Austin, who you got in this one? And and, and I want to give a quick brag that I was four for four on my picks last week. Um, but you know, um, ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. Um, ooh, this is a tough. One. This is a tough one. I'm gonna go. Green Bay Cheesehead Rogers. Yeah, I, I, I this I don't is definitely know how confident I am in that thing. It's the same way for me because, like, if you asked me this earlier in the season, like I'm going with the Packers with no reluctancy. Like, it's is that a word, reluctancy, or is it just reluctant? Now, now Brady, Brady like <laughs> Bernard, he didn't start fighting. He didn't start fighting to the fifth round. But no, no but I mean, I'm not even going to say about Brady because even if you look at the playoff game last week, like a lot of a lot of units stepped up. Brady Brady didn't have a great game, but you know no, they have a, a very talented and, and deep team. So it's kind of hard after getting this time to gel. It's kind of hard to count them out. And Let's be frank about it. Like, how many years, especially you and I, how many years have we been picking the Packers and the Packers have pretty much let us down in those picks? I'm I'm, I'm sitting here thinking at least 90% of the time in the last decade, I've picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, they haven't made it happen. This, of course, is their best chance um, to do so in a long time. I don't want to sleep on this on this Tampa Bay team, but I'm like, yo, I'm going to go with the Packers on this one. Um, I think if it comes down to which quarterback can will their team to a victory, and I don't really think it will come down to that per se, but if it did, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers in this scenario. Um, the Buccaneers have a lot of people that's banged up. I mean, at this time of the year, you know, every team has a lot of people that's banged up. But you got Mike Evans missing practice. Uh, you got uh, Antonio Brown missing practice. You saw him go out of that game with a knee injury. Um, he's day-to-day. Um, all of these guys are going to play, and we know they're going to play. But, you know, it's a matter of how much they can play, how effective they're going to be um, for one last hurrah before uh, the Super Bowl. But I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Packers on that. On the other side of the coin, Buffalo Bills are visiting the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. What you got in this one? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go Bills. Ah. I'm going to go Bills. This one, this one is difficult for me because I've been a believer in the Bills all season. And last week, you know, when a lot of people 
thought the Bills weren't going to pull it out. I picked the Bills. We all, we of course, we saw Patrick Mahomes, the most important cog in the Chiefs' machine, um, go out of last week's game with a concussion. Now, personally, I don't even understand how he got a concussion because I replayed, I, 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 I did that replay a million times in slow motion. And to me, it looks like his head never touched the ground. If anything, it looked like dude could have broken his neck um, on that play. But he got up, was like a punch-drunk boxer, was out there looking like Zab Judah <laughs> versus Costa Zoo. Um, was weird to me. And so he's been in the concussion protocol all week. He has been doing some practicing uh up till today, he did a little bit of light practicing, but he's still in the protocol. There's still some points that he has to get past. Now, asking me on Sunday night, even on Monday morning when they were talking this protocol and he might not be able to suit up, I never thought that there was a chance that he wasn't going to suit up. But will he be 100% if he does suit up? This Bills team is strong, man. <laughs> And I want to pick them as well. Um, ah, can you throw a caveat in these situations? Because we all know it's a if Patrick Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes plays or not. We all know that that's a big factor in this. But I'm gonna have to go on the fact that I know he's gonna play. Like pr- concussion protocol to be damned, they are not gonna let Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not talking about the Chiefs. The NFL is not gonna let their biggest star miss a, a championship game for all the marbles to go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. And I don't know how much confidence I have in that pick being a Buffalo Bills believer for the entire season. I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. All right, so there you have it. I'm taking the Packers and the Chiefs. B. Austin taking the Packers and the Bills. I don't think either one of us are that confident in any of these picks, but that shows you how good these championship matchups are and how lucky we are as football fans um, <laughs> to be able to sit down and watch this. So we'll see. Skyview also says it's Buffalo's year. And that's the thing. I kind of believe that. I kind of believe that. It's Chiefs, man, different monster when they're at full strength. But if there's anything they, they are, they are. Them off. It's the it's this year's version of the Buffalo Bills. I, I believe that as well. I don't know, B. <laughs> We're going to see. We're going to see. But let's go to our, our stat of the week real quick, and that revolves around the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are in the AFC Championship game for the first time since 1993. Last time they were there, they beat Joe Montana and who? The Kansas City Chiefs for the right to lose yet another Super Bowl, which was Super Bowl 28 versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but with that being said, is this one of those things where the stars are aligning for the Buffalo Bills to at least repeat history? You know, beating the same franchise to get at least to a Super Bowl? We shall see. But uh, real quick, man, before we uh, talk about what happened while y'all on the grind and go back to the phone lines, we want you all to check out our website at warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, dial the Digital Extreme Technologies hotline at 323 410 
Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. You can also join us in the By the Hood chat room where Neil and Skyview are holding it down like they do every week. Uh, the By the Hood chat room is brought to you by By the Hood University. If you've always wanted to learn about the stock market and how to make your money work for you, but you haven't been able to do so, don't worry about it. It's not really your fault because this information is not taught to us in school. Um, but this information is imperative if you want to create wealth and leave a legacy for, you know, your children and your children's children. So War Room Sports has partnered with Body Hood University to help you get started on your journey of learning to invest in possible financial freedom. Just go to our website, click on the Body Hood logo at the bottom of our homepage or on our sponsors and partners page to get started. Then all you got to do is use the promo code WRS, all caps, and receive 15% off everything on the By the Hood site. It's not too late to secure your financial legacy, so do it now. All right. While you are on the grind, it's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, then for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices, and yes, Financing options are available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for discounted rates, be sure to tell them that War Room Sports sent you. B. Austin, on the grind this week, your man, Lamar Odom, he has made the announcement that he has signed up for celebrity boxing. Um, <laughs> He has a fight. Against no opponent in particular, I believe, scheduled for June 12th, he went to social media to ask his fans who he should be fighting, who we think he should fight in the celebrity boxing match. What are your thoughts on Lamar? Should be fighting his, stepping into... Should be, should be fighting his crack addiction. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe Nate... Uh, Nate Robinson can uh, redeem himself. I don't, I don't, yo, can I be honest, man? Brutally honest. Be brutally honest. Number one, I don't, I, I don't want to see Lamar Odom fight. Number two, I don't really care. But I don't want anything else bad to happen to Lamar, man. Right, like what I else? I don't, man. I just. Like he needs to chill. Yeah, man, just. But I'm, I'm also thinking. On a celebrity boxing tip, like who out there is gonna be able to really legitimately compete with a dude who's six ten, six eleven, with the type of reach that he has? Like if he went in there and actually tried to fight somebody who trains like Nate Robinson did, like this dude that he fought, yeah, we 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 we, we call him a YouTuber because he's popular on YouTube. But the fact of the matter is, these Paul brothers, they actually train. In the in the pugilistic arts, they train and right. the mixed martial art uh, realm. Right. So Nate Robinson was in there with somebody who had the potential to rock his snack box, and that's exactly what happened. But if Lamar Odom is just going to fight another quote unquote celebrity, like who's out there in the celebrity realm that's going to be able to compete with somebody with that kind of reach, even if he has minimal boxing skills? But man, just go play in the big three. It don't take what. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 you know, it's nothing that I'm really interested in. Like this whole Nate Robinson thing. 
I wouldn't have been interested in that had it not been on the, you know, the, the old guy card with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. Um, it ended up yeah. being the highlight of the night just because Nate went, you know, nighty night. But <laughs> yo, you know I'm a Nate. You know I'm a Nate. I'm a Nate supporter. I can't call myself a fan of another man, but I'm a Nate supporter. That kind of hurt a, me a little bit, night, man. A Nate Robinson fan. Oh, excuse me, a Nate Robinson. <laughs> a Nate Nate Robinson. Nate Nate. Night night. Night night Robinson. Oh, he got his ass kicked, yo. <laughs> Damn, Nate. Oh, oh man. man. He can't that even go that, back to the hood. That was that young contest he stole from Iguodala. Retribution. All right, so the Mets general manager, Jared Porter, has been fired for sending explicit images to a female reporter. Now, before you comment, B, let me give you the story on this. Let me let me get you the story in this because it's it's very weird and it's very persistent because there's gonna come a time there's gonna come a point right but there's gonna come a point when I'm giving you the details of this story where you're gonna think to yourself what about the response or lack thereof made this guy think more was necessary. So let me give you the let me give you the, the, the actual factual here. This dude, Jared Porter, he sent explicit, unsolicited texts and images to a female reporter in 2016, which culminated. I'm not even gonna tell you what it culminated. In. I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that. <laughs> so this woman, she's a foreign <laughs> correspondent who had moved to the U.S. to cover Major League Baseball. She said at one point she ignored more than 60 messages, you know, from, from Bull before he sent this final photo, this, 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 what it culminated in. So the text relationship started casually before Jared Porter, um, then the Chicago Cubs director of professional scouting. This was, you know, this was before it, it, was, a, it was, you know, casual text, and then he started complimenting her appearance inviting her to meet him in various cities and asking, and then started to ask why she was ignoring him. So just look at this, this, the steps in this be casual conversation, probably about baseball. Then he started talking about how she looked. Then he started inviting her to meet him places. She's ignoring all of these texts, but it's still escalating. He's doing like this escalation, this escalation would tend to, this would lend itself to, somebody who's actually being edged on by the person and they're actually giving him some, some, some rhythm and he's feeling confident to move on to the next step of these text messages, but she's ignoring him. B. So if, if you're being ignored, what tells you that casual conversation should go to what she looks like? If she's ignoring that, what's telling you that what she looks like should go to inviting her to hotels in various cities and then he starts to send photos of his pants featuring quote unquote bulge in the groin area B she ignores that and after dozens of messages without a response on August 11th 2016 a day after asking he went for broke at a hotel in LA he went for broke. He sent her 17 photos. 
The first 15 photos were of the hotel and restaurants that he's inviting her to. I guess he's like, look, this is where you can be. Come meet me. This is where we're going to stay. The 16th picture was the same as one of the earlier photos with the bulge in his pants. The 17th picture, your man went for broke. He pulled out his shlom, took a picture. The full Monty. Please tell me beware in this in all of these texts and all of this escalation, like what gave him <laughs> the go ahead and the encouragement to keep moving up levels? Like, don't you have to have some kind of feedback, some positive feedback to keep going up levels? If they're ignoring you for all, you know, they could be showing this stuff to their girlfriends, to their boyfriend, to the police. What's wrong with you? Ladies and gentlemen, and and it is only because we are at some level responsible human beings. Um, I want to offer this disclaimer. Mental health is a serious, serious thing. Serious. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and expecting a different result. So with the two statements that I just made, mental health is important and insanity is doing something over and over again. And you listen to this story, you can draw, you can draw your own conclusion. And unfortunately being the way my character and sense of humor is set up, I have to give them these hands. It's just what we do. Yo, There's a thing called incel culture. I don't know if you're familiar with incel. Have you heard of that? brother? Devin? Incel, have you heard of incel? I, I have not. An incel like is a guy who is involuntarily celibate. And these dudes practice behavior such as your man and they get angry with women because women turn down. The mildest form of incel is the guys that portray themselves as good guys and then take shots at the guys that get quite a bit of damage, but they don't take shots really at those guys. They take shots at the women who choose those guys. That's the mildest form of incel. The next level and the next level and the next level after that is where you're sending pictures and texts to women who are not responding to you at all. This man gets no yamage. This man has never gotten any yamage other than what his positioning and stature in life financially can provide him. And that's what he thought would entice her, and it didn't work. But there's some mental health here. There's some mental we probably wouldn't call them incels uh, back in our day and time. Uh, We would have some other choice words for them. This guy is an involuntary celibate, and uh, he needs help. He needs help. Yeah. He needs help. He's he's all the way out of pocket. Yeah, he definitely. Uh, So he was fired from his job as the general manager of the Mets that he just got on December 13th. So grand opening, grand closing. Grand closing. (laughs) 
Mets owner said there was a zero tolerance for this type of thing. And, you know, let his hands go on the dude. All right, so before we tell you guys what happened this week in sports, and before we get out of here, we're going to take one last call. We got the homie Rob calling in from California. Yay! Rob, what's going on, brother? How are you? What's good, man? How y'all doing, man? I'm blessed and highly favored. How y'all gentlemen doing today? Pretty good, man. man. Blessed and highly favored. What's up, Rob? Hey, man. Hey, man. Jimmy, where you at? You in the back? Nah, he, Jimmy bounced out. He low managed the second half of the show. Uh, low managed. Man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Before I get started, all I gotta say is, I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get tired of my hearing my pops become a Brooklyn Nets fan. I think it's just ridiculous. But once you once you get half a century, and you've seen everything, especially if you're a annoying New Yorker, if you've seen everything. And all seeing all your teams win, you know, you just don't care. So, like my dad said, you know, he's a bandwagoner. You know, the players can do it. Why can't I? So, you know. <laughs> At least he admitting it. There's a lot of people out there that do that and swear to God that they're not. So, shout out to him. I'm, all right, so yeah, what, what's your thoughts on the, on the Eagles coaching hire? What's your thoughts on that? Um, well, see what happens. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm super, I love that approach. Super optimistic. That's my approach. I'm, I'm like, whatever. I, yeah, I know these Eagles fans and, and you know what? I, all these Eagles fans who are upset are lie are really liars. They're frauds. And I'm going to tell you why. There's not one Eagle fan that I have ever seen, you know, and you and V. Austin can attend to this. That lot, that love when they hired Doug Pearson. They're like, oh my gosh, this guy was this. This guy, come on, man. And they were like, and they were like, and now Eagles fans are yep. like, oh yes, you're gonna like, get out of here, get out of here. And I and I understand some people. And even say, a um, a hometown a hometown radio guy, Rob, had to apologize to Doug Peterson because he railed on him the week he was hired and said it was absolutely the worst coaching hire in NFL history. And then, you know, they're raising a Lombardi trophy and he got he to gotta eat crow and <laughs> walk with his tail between his legs. But, yeah, like, like we said, you never know until they get a chance to show what they can do. Like, a lot of these Eagles fans that are upset that, that I've seen today on social media, I, I guarantee you, Rob, they've never heard this dude's name until the Eagles either interviewed him or hired him. And now they know that it's a terrible hire. Like, Fans kill me, man. I I I didn't yeah. hear his name until yes until yesterday. I did a little bit of homework, and right. I think uh, it was inside the Eagles, um, and they were talking about different candidates. And the thing and the thing people gotta understand is this too: some people can be fundamentally uh, fundamentally sound and legally sound, you know, with their coaching, like a Josh Daniels or or this guy, that guy. But or like a Wade Phillips who's who's a really good defensive coach, but is that is that head coach that the, the thing is that is is that I don't even know is just that niche that fire you have to have where if, if I'm down by ten, fifteen, twenty points, I'm gonna play. I, I want to play for that guy, and Josh McDaniels just doesn't possess that. Josh McDaniels was kind of, you know, he was just. You know, Josh, he, he's a fraud. Basically, he's a fraud. So, 
you know, a, a good offensive coordinator, you know, a, a, a snake, yeah, but, you know, I mean, you, you know, he doesn't have really a good track record with organizations, you know, so uh, as far as as far as far being in position. So what this guy will see, I mean, I want and, – and you got to remember, and people got to remember, this is not an attractive head coaching hire, too, for a lot of these guys, you know. Todd Bowles is a, was a not, good not, not an attractive job, you mean? It's not an attractive job. Yeah, it's not. Not not. Yeah, like, yeah, you're like, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, think about. Okay, hypothetically, let's say if the Houston Texans, which most likely won't happen, keep Deshaun Watson. If you're a head coach, which you coach the Houston Texans or the Eagles, you're gonna go to Houston Texans because that that's an attractive job because you got the coaching there. Or even back in the day when the Eagles had. Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, McCoy, you had all those other guys. That was an attractive job that all the coaches wanted to come. Because it's like, shoot, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. Um, and, and, and let's not forget, too, because I know a lot of people want Deuce. A lot of people want a minority coach. Let's just remember when um, uh, when they hired, and I just looked this up, too. Jeffrey Lurie, his first coaching hire was Ray Rhodes. Was Ray Rhodes. Yeah, it was Ray Rhodes. And, you know, he was a buddy. He had all black. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather forget that. <laughs> I, I mean, but you had guys like Brian, Brian Dawkins came through that through that lane too, man. But but he came at the end when they they sucked, right? But um, but 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 still, the problem was that wasn't Ray Rhodes. The problem was that was they didn't have a good front office at all, and they gave Ray Rhodes personnel control, and then Ray Rhodes basically uh, uh, pissed gasoline on the fire, you know. So, so we'll see. I'm not. I'm not. I'm being optimistic. I still think Carson Wentz uh, can be fixed. I feel. I still think he can. If he wants to return, if not, then hey, you know, nice to nice to sayonara. Uh, hopefully, you can trade him and like two first round picks to get Deshaun Watson. So you know, that's that's how I, I feel. I was about to say that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one thing that people need to realize about uh, Jeff Laurie. If you think about all his coaching hires, like he was never one to care about big names. He was never one worrying about, you know, these retread coaches. He always gives somebody their first head coaching opportunity, starting back from Ray Rhodes. This was his first um, head coaching opportunity, I believe. Um, After that, you know, Andy Reid. It was the same thing with Andy Reid, Eagles fans who don't appreciate anything. Oh man, what? Who is this that he hiring? How he hiring this offensive line and then quarterback coach from Green Bay? Like, oh boo! Andy Reid turned out to be a great coach, and he's still out here, you know, creating his legacy on an even higher level than he did it in Philly. Um, then you know he gave. We may not have liked the the results and the outcome, but you know Chip Kelly, he gave him his first professional head coaching. Uh, experience, and then the same for Doug Peterson, and now the same for uh, for the homie Nick. So that's one thing you can say. Like when they are looking for a coach, you don't have to worry about them worrying about big names and retreads and dudes who've already gotten too many chances. Because Jeff Lurie is going to give out, you know, some chances to some some new guys. So at least shout out to him for that. We'll see how this yeah, goes. Good, good stuff. We'll see how it goes, man. Like I said, man, we'll see how it goes. Everybody running around angry for no reason. Just see how it goes. 
and, and, and I want to say one thing, and I want to go to inauguration real quick. I want to say one thing too, is that is, is that people gotta realize when it comes to head coaches, not every coaching job, head coaching job, just because it's open, you just don't take it. You know what I'm saying? Because you got you gotta understand like the Jets is a cesspool. You know, you just don't go in there with a crappy front office and crappy this. It is. It is a cesspool. Todd Bowles is a good coach, but you know, if he's not given the right, you know, um, personnel and this and that to 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 you know, uh, for him to do his thing, to kind of manifest his destiny, and he ain't gonna do nothing. It's just like, uh, and I won't go to inauguration. I'll give one example. It's just like Sean Payne. Sean Payne was was, was supposed to coach the Raiders. And he had, he said, I had my Raiders coaching in from the day of when we were supposed, we supposed to announce it. Bill Parcells and, and Jerry Jones was like, bruh, I don't think you should not go there. No, at all. You know, Al Davis, our RP, was not the most uh, productive GM, that's what I'm going to say, you know, at that time. So, you know, God bless his soul, Al Davis. But, yeah, about the inauguration, uh, you know, I try to keep my social media comments to the to slim because I know everybody. It's kind of sad how black folk, or even everybody, is so quick on representation. I mean, I don't understand. Like, represent, if representation doesn't equal change, like, like, then what's the point? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the point? You know, then you're just, uh, you're just, you're just doing nothing. That's like. Going to a gym? Are you going to a gym, but are you working on the right area? Are you just focusing on one area? Are you working on your triceps, your your back? Are you working on your chest? Are you working on your legs? You know what I'm saying? And also that you got to string off your neck. You know what I mean? So, so, uh, so I think I know where where that's coming from. But what, like, where is that coming from? What do you What do you mean? Like, what brings you to I, say I that? Upset. I get upset, like, 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 they, yeah, people on social media, are like, oh my God, the first woman black president, and it was vice yeah, president, it's a good representation, and I, and I'm looking at this like, you know, that I seen this 12 years ago, and yeah, I was, I was emotional like everybody else, but you know what, I just don't, I'm, I'm, listen, I took the red pill, I'm out of the matrix, I'm not, I'm not going to that uh-huh. you know, I heard that. You know, wow. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm no, not that, that's, that's, why, that's why I thought you were, were going with. That's where I thought it was coming from. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, we we're at a time in history where we have to demand more. Like, we can't just be happy with the symbolism. Like, I know everybody is happy. Like you said, black people are happy. Uh, Indian people are happy. Howard University alum are happy. AKAs are happy. White. Like. And it's Some good. white men are happy. All for us to be that way. Like you said, it's 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 great to see that kind of stuff. Um, me myself, you know, I got two little girls that can look to somebody that that looks like them in a, in a position of power like that. But we have come too far for just symbolism. So I hope that they are going to go in there and something tangible. And not just give us the hope that any of our kids can become president or vice president one day. It's good. That symbolism is good to, to have that kind of hope. But it's a little, you know, the, the society as a whole, black community as a whole, need a little bit more than that right about now. So, you know. 
But but but, but, you, but you know, and, and that's another thing too. Well, wait, I want to be awesome. Say something before I jump on. Say something, be awesome. You hold him back. Uh, something. <laughs> oh Lord. My my my. Hey, we got to get out of here, man. So make your make your point. Yeah, we, we ain't got time for my views, okay. man. Okay. Yeah, okay. we also talk about fifteen days. Okay, but but you, you, you know, shout out to Kamala's thing, husband. Had, shout, <laughs> shout out to all life can take the big foreheads everywhere. But you know what I'm saying? Anyways, listen man, like um I um I understand by representation is good, but and that's the thing I didn't want to write in my social media. It's like we already have the representation. You know, okay, you, you know, whether if you whether you have a mother or a sister the, the church, the, the old church lady that falls in the front row that has the mints, um, whether it be the, uh, whether it be um, Angela Davis, whether it be freaking um, Queen of Sheba in Ethiopia, you know, they already got a prime minister in Ethiopia right now, whether it be Chris Scott King, Miss Shabazz, uh, whether it be uh, Shirley Chisholm, you know, first black woman for president, whether it be Harriet Tubman, we already have symbolism. I don't you see, the, the sad thing about politics, Kim, you know, Nicki Minaj, and and, and, and no, I forget. Well, little Kim, not Nicki. But but the more but but the more that I realize about politics, the more it's not it's not about politics. There's no substance in policy. It's just a popularity contest. We have to get the popularity contest. I mean, I mean, I wish, I wish, and by the way, I wish Bernie would have this popularity that that he had the last. Eight, that he had last eight years, maybe he would have won something. You know what I'm saying? Freaking sitting down, freaking with the if, mints. But yeah, if, with the if, mints, if, if it was all down to what was best for the Democrats people, Bernie. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie would be in office. But we know it's not. I, I just, yeah, yeah, that's it. But, but you know, all I got to say is shout out to y'all. You know, I'm glad Kyrie, you know, I wish Kyrie would do a rant like practice or. You know, but I, I'm I'm very sad you ain't gonna do it. But I, I know y'all I know I know y'all gotta <laughs> I know uh but his, his stuff was about games. I know know I gotta run. Uh but yeah, man, I love what my Lakers are doing. I ain't scared of Brooklyn Nets, you know what I'm saying? It's it's all good. It's gonna be East Coast versus West Coast. I would love Nor it. Should That's you all be. I say, man. Huh? All right, Rob. Yeah. We appreciate you. All right, man. We holler at you next week, man. Thanks for your call. You know, we appreciate it. All right, man. All right, so before we get out of here, man, just want to let everybody know what happened this week. In this date in sports history, it's brought to you by Sports the Book. Uh, if you guys are tired of reading the same old sports books with the same old list, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, and all sorts of subjective information being passed off as facts, be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. Stay with me now. Only read the sports. It's an acronym. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture. Keep you on the edge of your seat. Keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special. And it's written by War Room Sports' own Jimmy the Blueprint. So just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Whatever you do, just don't miss that movement. All right, January 21st, 1992. Bill Cower becomes the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, becoming only the second head coach of the team since 1970. Of course, we know um, he took over for the great Chuck Knoll, who won four Super Bowls with uh, the aforementioned Steelers. 
So we just want to give Bill Cower, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this moment in history a uh, nice war room salute. Um, we are out of here. We'd like to thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, even the trolls that rolled through today on Facebook, Twitter, our group chat, and all the callers who called in to chop it up with us. Tune in next week, live right here on demand as we catch you up on all the sports topics for the week. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your sports. And we'll see you right back here next week. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, be sure to pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.